0: well hey there it's adam shell the pastor at melbourne heights and welcome to this week's sermon podcast in this week's podcast we are wrapping up our sermon series called so loved by god so over the last couple of weeks we've talked about the way that god so loves the entire world and we've talked about the fact that we're supposed to love the entire world too but in this week's podcast we're going to talk about how we can actually do that how can we love the world that god so loves Believe it or not, Jesus actually tells us. In John chapter 13, Jesus gives us a new commandment to love each other the way that Jesus loves us. So in this week's sermon, we're going to talk about how Jesus loves us and how that can shape the way that we love this world too. So let's get right into this week's sermon. So a couple of weeks ago, I told you a story uh, about Tony Campola, the famous speaker, preacher, sociologist, author, so many other things. Uh, But in this particular story, Tony talks about a time when he went to Honolulu, Hawaii. And Tony was suffering from jet lag late at night after he arrived in Honolulu, Hawaii. And he found himself wide awake and hungry at 3.30 in the morning. So he left his hotel room so that he could find something to eat. And he discovered an all-night diner not too far from where he was staying. The man behind the counter wiped his hands on his grease-stained apron as Tony walked in and asked the stranger, what do you have? Just a cup of coffee and a donut, Tony told him. Then suddenly a group of about eight or nine boisterous women come bursting through the doors of the diner, laughing and talking and carrying on as they enter. Didn't take long for Tony to realize that this group of women were prostitutes. Now, Tony was starting to think about how he could make his exit as quickly as possible because, let's be honest here, Tony Campola remains one of the most well-known preachers and teachers in America, most popular Christian speakers around right now, and it's not exactly good for a preacher's reputation to be spotted hanging around with a group of eight or nine prostitutes. So, he's trying to think of his way to make his exit, and he's finishing up his cup of coffee when he overhears the women start having a conversation. The woman who's sitting down next to Tony says, tomorrow's my birthday, I'm gonna be 39 years old. From down on the other end of the counter, another one of the women said, big deal, what do you want? A cake, a party, noisemakers, somebody to sing happy birthday to you? I'm not asking for anything, said the woman whose birthday was the next day. Never had a party in my entire life. Why should I start now? Soon the group got up and they left, but Tony hadn't quite finished his coffee and his donut yet, so he struck up a conversation with Harry, the man standing behind the counter. He asked Harry, does that group of women come here every night? Yeah, Harry replied. I know all of them pretty well. That's Agnes, who's having the birthday tomorrow. Why do you ask? Tony replied, well, what do you say we have a birthday party right here tomorrow night for her? Harry smiled, and he called his wife out from the kitchen to tell her about the plan. Tony told him that he'd be back at 2.30 the next morning to get everything set up, and he'd bring a cake and decorations, but Harry stopped him in his tracks. He said, no, let us take care of the cake. Well, by the next night, the word had got out on the streets, and at 3.15 in the morning, the diner was completely packed with street people and prostitutes. Tony had decorated, even stringing up a crepe paper banner uh, across the diner that read, Happy Birthday, Agnes. When she arrived, she, uh, she was shocked. Everyone shouted Happy Birthday to her, and she was so surprised that her knees nearly buckled and gave out, and someone had to help her, to catch her, to carry her to a seat. Her eyes started to fill with tears, and when Harry and his wife brought in the cake, Agnes broke out into sobs. She couldn't even blow out the candle. She was so emotional, so she had to ask somebody else to do it for her. And she just couldn't take her eyes off of that birthday cake. She said, before we cut it, can I take it home just for a little while? I don't live far from here, just down the street, and I want to show it to my family and friends there. Was the door closed behind Agnes, a deep silence fell over the diner. After a few moments, Tony broke that silence by saying, What do y'all say that we pray for Agnes? So he did. Tony prayed for her. He prayed for her life to change. He prayed for God to be good to her. He prayed for her salvation. And after he finished praying, Harry, the owner of the diner, said, Tony, you didn't tell me you were a preacher. What church do you belong to? And Tony Campola didn't answer the question right away, thinking for a little bit. But after a moment, he said, I belong to the church that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at 3.30 in the morning. Harry sneered at him and said, No, you don't. You don't belong to a church like that because there's not a church like that. If there was, then I'd join it. I've been thinking about this story a lot over the last few weeks. And as I've thought more and more about the story, I've realized that as hard as it is to admit, Harry, the owner of the diner, was right. There isn't a church around that throws birthday parties for prostitutes at 3.30 in the morning. There isn't. There's not a church around that's going to throw a birthday party for a prostitute at 3.30 in the morning. But that's what every church is supposed to be like. That's what every church is supposed to be like, including ours. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about love. Two weeks ago, we started talking about the fact that the fact, the fact that God so loves the world. That includes people like Agnes. God loves the entire world, not just one person, not just one church, not just one country, not just one religious group. God loves the entire world. And then last week, as we continued talking about love, we talked about the fact that we're supposed to love the world that God so loves too and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that there's people that we can exclude it doesn't mean that we can skip over people like agnes it means that we are supposed to love everyone in the world including the people that are dirty ragged a little bit torn up and moldy too we're supposed to so love the world too god so loves the world we're supposed to love that world But how do we do that? How do we love the world that God so loves? How do we love the world that God so loves? Well, that's not that hard of a question to answer. As a matter of fact, when Jesus gathered together with his disciples for what we often call his Last Supper, Jesus tells them and us exactly what we have to do to love the world that God so loves. So if you will, go ahead and grab your Bibles, whether you've got a printed one like mine or an app on your phone, and turn to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, and as you're finding it, let me just tell you a little bit about this book. As you can probably guess, the book John is written by a guy named John. And John is one of Jesus' first followers, one of Jesus' first disciples. But John was more than just another one of the disciples. John was also part of Jesus' inner circle, his closest group. And he was as close to Jesus as anyone on the earth was. So when we read from the book of John, we are reading from the first-hand experience of one of Jesus' closest followers, one of Jesus' closest friends. And in John chapter 13, we're going to read in verse 34 and 35, and John's going to tell us what he heard Jesus tell him and all of the other disciples when they were sharing Last Supper. So here's what John says, starting in verse 34. It's Jesus speaking, and Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So you must also love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, when you love each other. Did you catch it? Did you hear it? Did you hear Jesus tell us how we can love the world that God so loves? Well, just in case you didn't, let me read it for you again. Jesus says, I give you a new commandment love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you must also love each other. So, how do we love the world that God so loves? We do it by loving each other the same way that Jesus loves us. We love the world by loving each other the way that Jesus loves us. But well, that begs the question: How exactly does Jesus love us? Now for a lot of us sitting in that room in this room, this seems like a pretty easy question to answer. How does Jesus love us? Well, Jesus laid down his life for us. Jesus died on a cross for us. That's how Jesus loves us. And you're absolutely right. Jesus did lay down his life for every one of us sitting in this room. Jesus did die on the cross for every single one of us. But Jesus' first followers didn't know that part of the story yet. Jesus' first followers didn't know that part of the story yet. Remember, when Jesus told his disciples to love each other the same way that Jesus loves us, they're sitting together sharing their Last Supper, but they don't know it's going to be their Last Supper. So this whole story, this whole event happens before Jesus laid down his life for us, before Jesus died on the cross for us. So when his first followers heard Jesus say, love each other the same way that I've loved you, they weren't thinking about the cross because it hadn't happened yet. But what they were thinking about was the way that Jesus had loved each and every one of them gathered together for that meal. For every one of the disciples sitting in that room, Jesus' love for them was personal. He knew them. He knew all that they did right, all that they did wrong. He knew them. And every one of them had experienced Jesus' love for them firsthand and in completely unique ways to them. So when we read, As I have loved you, we think about the cross. But the disciples didn't. They thought back over the previous three years that they had spent following Jesus. And everyone in that room would have been transported back to another time, another place, another particular moment in time when they had really experienced Jesus' love for them. And I think this morning that we can learn a whole lot about how we can love one another the way that Jesus loves us by thinking about the way that the disciples experienced Jesus's love for them before the crucifixion ever take place before Jesus ever laid down his life for them before Jesus ever died on a cross for them so I want to spend the rest of our time together this morning looking at a few stories A couple of other stories so that we can see what they have to teach us about how we can love each other the same way that Jesus loves us. And I want to start inside of the book of Matthew. Now, just like the book of John, the guy who writes the book of Matthew is appropriately named Matthew, and he's also one of Jesus' first followers, one of Jesus' disciples, So once again, Matthew is telling this story from firsthand experience. And in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 12, Matthew is going to tell us the story of when Jesus asked him to be one of Jesus' disciples. So here's the way that Matthew tells his story. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 12. He writes, As Jesus continued on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a kiosk for tax collecting. He said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Jesus. As Jesus sat down to eat in Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners joined Jesus and his other disciples at the table. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and with sinners? And when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people aren't the ones that need a doctor, sick people do. So go and learn what this means. Now, I have no doubt That when Matthew is sitting around that supper, that table for the Last Supper and he hears Jesus say, I give you a new commandment, love each other. Love each other the same way that I have loved you. That this is the story that Matthew is automatically transported back to. When Jesus says, love each other the way that I have loved you, Matthew remembers this story. And in this story, the Pharisees that are sharing a meal with Jesus and his disciples in this account, they make it crystal clear to us That as a tax collector, Matthew was hated. He was despised by his entire community and he was an embarrassment to his entire family. But Jesus still invited Matthew to follow him. So when Jesus said, Matthew, I want you to love others the way that I have loved you, Matthew would have heard Jesus say, Matthew, extend the same grace that I extended to you to everyone that you meet for the rest of your life. As I have loved you, Matthew, love each other. But that's just Matthew's story. Let me tell you another one, and this one can be found back inside of the Gospel of John. And in this story, it tells of Jesus calling another one of his disciples. This time, he's calling a guy by the name of Nathaniel. So let's listen to this story, starting in John chapter 1, verse 45, where John tells us, Philip found Nathanael and he said to him, him, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and in the prophets. Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said, why don't you come and see? Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered, Philip, before, before Philip called you, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, teacher, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. Now when Jesus tells this group to love each other as he has loved them, he could have stopped right there and spoken directly to Nathanael. He could have said, Nathanael, do you remember the first day that we met? do you remember what you said about me before you even knew me? You said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathaniel, you made fun of my hometown. You made fun of my family. You made fun of my childhood friends. But I invited you to follow me anyway. So Nathaniel, extend that same grace and forgiveness to everybody that you meet. As I have loved you, love each other. And it wouldn't have stopped with Nathaniel either. Jesus could have looked over at Philip, the same Philip that told Nathaniel about Jesus, and he could have said to him, Philip, do you remember that time that I fed 5,000 people with a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread? Do you remember how you acted before that miracle took place? You thought that there was no way that that could happen, no way that that multitude could have been fed that day. But Philip, that didn't change the way that I feel about you. So when people doubt you, don't give up on them. As I have loved you, Philip, love each other. And Jesus could have looked over at John, the same John that wrote the book of John, and he could have looked over at John's brother James and he said to them, could have said to them, "You guys remember that time that you were arguing about who would be the greatest in God's kingdom?" You guys were brazen and bold enough to even ask me if one of you could sit on my right hand and the other one of you could have sat on my left. I should have kicked you guys out of the group when you both got a little too big for your britches. But I didn't. So have the same patience when you deal with folks who have too high of an opinion of themselves too. James and John, as I have loved you, love each other. Or Jesus could have looked at Peter. And Peter is kind of like the quarterback for this team of disciples, okay? And he could have reminded Peter of the time that Peter had the gumption, the gall, to try to correct Jesus. And it happens right after Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is Peter's true king. It's like Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, okay, I know that you're the king, I know that you're in charge, but I'm not going to let you do what you have to do. You have to do what I want you to do instead. So Jesus could have told him right then and there, Peter, when you pulled that stunt, when you had the nerve to call me out and question what I came here to do, I could have thrown you out of this group on your ear. But I didn't. So even when people want to argue with you, even when people want to fight with you, love them anyway. As I have loved you, love each other. That's how Jesus loves us. That's how Jesus loves us. And it's how we're supposed to love the world that God so loves. We're supposed to extend grace to people, even when they don't deserve grace. We're supposed to be patient with people, even when they don't deserve our patience. We're supposed to be loving to each other, even when other people don't deserve our love or as Jesus puts it in another story, if we want to follow Jesus, we have to deny ourselves every single day and be willing to lay down our lives for each other, even when we don't deserve it. That's what this is all about. Loving people even when they don't deserve it. Because that's what Jesus does for every single one of us. He loves us even when we don't deserve it. When we're mean and when we're hateful, Jesus still loves us. When we're angry and we're upset, Jesus still loves us. When we're filled with anxiety and despair, Jesus still loves us. He wants us to love each other through it all too. But here's my question for you this morning. Who is the each other in your life right now that you could be loving better? Who is the person in your life right now that you need to extend more grace to? Who is the person in your life right now that you need to be more patient with? Who is the person that you need to love like God so loves work? We've all got those people in our lives. And that's one of the really amazing things about the story of Jesus that Jesus really walked this earth, that he really knew his disciples, that he really gave them the chance to doubt him, to deny him, to argue with him. He loved them because he knew them. Well, you know people in your life right now that drive you crazy. You know people in your life right now that are anything but gracious to you, anything but forgiving to you, that always seem to be angry and upset or nitpicky or just want to be mad at you. So who's that person? Who's that person in your life right now that you need to love like God so loves the world? Hope you know. Hope you have that idea, that person in your mind right now. But here's here's the tricky part. But it's also the most important part, okay? It's one thing to know who the person is that you need to love like God so loves the world, but it's another thing to actually do it. So whoever it is, go out and love them the way that God so loves the world. Don't let this message stop when you hit the sanctuary doors. Go out and live it out today. Go out and love each other the way that Jesus has loved you and will always love you. And if we can do that, if we can do that, if we can extend the grace that Jesus has shown us, if we can give the forgiveness that Jesus has given us, if we can have the patience with others that Jesus has had with us, if we can love the world that God so loves, the way that Jesus does, incredible things can happen. Amazing things can happen. I think this is why Jesus starts into all of this by saying, a new commandment I give to you. A new commandment I give to you. You don't understand how big a deal this is because we've heard this passage of Scripture so many times. Jesus is giving them a new commandment, which is something that hasn't happened since Moses came down off of the mountain with ten of them in his arms. And Jesus says, I have a new one for you. Love each other. Love each other, that's all. Love each other the same way that I have loved you. And if you will do this, People will know that you're my followers and they'll see how big of a difference, how big of a change that makes in your life and in this world. Because when we can do that, when we can extend God's grace and his forgiveness and his patience, and when we can love each other the way that Jesus loves us, that's when we become a church that Tony Campola is a part of. That's when we can become a church that would even think to throw a birthday party for a prostitute at 3.30 in the morning. Because i got to tell you, if I was sitting in Tony Campola's chair that night, that idea never would have crossed my mind. If I was sitting in that exact same diner, same thing happening all around me, I wouldn't have been drinking a cup of coffee because I don't drink coffee. I would have been enjoying that donut, guarantee you that. But if I heard this conversation around me, This woman saying, tomorrow's going to be my birthday. I'm turning 39 years old. And somebody else down at the other end of the counter saying, big deal, so what? What do you want, a cake and a party? I'd have felt sorry for the girl who had never had a party in her life. But I never would have thought. I could throw her that party. Never would have happened. Because sometimes I'm not thinking about loving the world that God so loves. Sometimes I'm too caught up in myself to think about the Agneses sitting beside me in the diner. Sometimes I'm too caught up to think about the person that drives me up the walls. Sometimes I'm too caught up in myself to realize that there's a world of people all around me that need the love of God every bit as much as Agnes did that night when Tony Campola threw her that birthday party. But if we can love if that becomes our first thought with everyone that we meet, then we can become that church that Tony Campola says we should be. And the best part is that when we meet guys like Harry, the owner of that diner, he's going to want to be a part of that church too. But it all starts with love. It all starts with love. So let us love each other the way that Jesus loves us all. Let's pray together. God, this morning we are thankful for people like Tony Campola, people that just seem to do a great job of remembering that everyone they encounter, everyone they meet, is is so loved by you. God, we don't always do that great of a job. There are people in this world that we just don't get along with, people in this world that we don't like to be around. And there are plenty of people that we walk past every single day that we just fail to realize they're even there. So we don't do a very good job of so loving them. But God, that's what you call us to do. That's the commandment that Jesus gave to us. But it's a commandment that we break far too often. So God, my prayer for all of us, for everyone who can hear my voice, is that you help us to love each other the same way that Jesus has loved us. Allow us to extend grace to each other. Allow us to forgive each other. Allow us to love each other the way that you have loved us all. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, everybody, it's Adam again, and thank you for listening to this week's sermon podcast. We hope that this week's sermon has not only taught you more about how Jesus loves you, but that it's also challenged you to go out and love the world the same way that Jesus loves you. Now next week we are starting into a brand new series of sermons at Melbourne Heights that we're calling Revelation Simplified. That's right, we're going to be talking about the book of Revelation. And just by hearing that, they may scare you a little bit and make you not want to tune in to next week's podcast because Revelation can be one of the most overwhelming, confusing, and complicated books in the entire Bible. But you know what? It doesn't have to be. The heart of the book of Revelation is a timeless message that followers of Jesus have needed to hear throughout the centuries. That includes the very first people who heard the book of Revelation, and it includes us today as well. So we encourage you to tune back in next Tuesday when the next episode of our podcast drops and we begin this series of sermons on the book of Revelation. But before we go, let me ask you to do a couple of things like I always do. If you haven't left a review for us yet in Apple, iTunes, or wherever it is that you listen to this podcast, please do that. Your reviews mean a whole lot to us, and they can help spread the word about this podcast to other folks as well. And also, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure that you hit the subscribe button while you're here. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I listen to a bunch of them myself, but I almost never listen to a podcast that I haven't subscribed to. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and when next week's episode releases Tuesday morning, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. So I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday.